Hello and welcome to Healing Through Pain. I'm your host, Steph, and this is a show that dives into health and healing, where we discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and the opportunities that life sends our way. Today, we're going to talk about how self-acceptance is a key part of healing and what is the process for each of us to engage. Thanks so much for tuning in. As we get started here, it does feel like the whole idea of self-love is kind of this blanket statement of who I am is okay, everything I do is okay, if you come at me, you're a hater, if you ask me to do better, I can cancel you, or, or whatever it is. It seems like the idea of self-acceptance and self-love has been co-opted, and so I want to talk about it through a clinical lens and the importance that it brings in the change process, and really stress that self-acceptance is paramount if we want healing to happen. Not self-acceptance as in all parts of me are awesome, and you have to accept me as I am, and I don't have to change anything, take it or leave it. Not at all. That's not at all a posture of humility. That's not at all a posture of trying to be healthy and well. That's a posture of arrogance and ego, and and it's not cute, frankly, but um, you get to decide if that's how you want to engage the world around you. But if we want healing to happen, I want to emphasize why self-acceptance is a key part. Over the last couple weeks, I've done a couple intakes, and I've shared with you that in general, I primarily walk with a lot of women in their 20s and 30s and 40s. I do walk with teenagers. I walk with men. I have a few couples with whom I work. I do work with um, some kids. But in general, my core demographic is women going through tough life stuff. So often, within the first couple sessions, I want to get a good understanding of how they perceive themselves. And so I will start with a quick questionnaire of, um, I'll, I'll go up to the whiteboard and I'll, I'll ask them to give me a list of five things about themselves that really frustrate them. And usually they can prattle off five deficits that they have pretty quickly. Then I'll ask them to give me five things about themselves that they really embrace, really accept, um, that they, they're thankful for. Now, traditionally, this particular piece is a little bit harder to generate, so We can come up with our deficits very quickly. We can't necessarily come up with our strengths or things that we're proud of all that quickly. And so that'll give me a good baseline of where we're at in the process of self-acceptance. One of the primary tasks in the relationship is to really walk with clients in navigating what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what deficits do I perceive, and how do we skill build so that I no longer feel sensitive or vulnerable in those deficits. One of the reasons we have to start here is because if we don't accept ourselves as we are, it's really hard to move into a posture of changing out of love and out of respect and out of gratitude for your opportunities. And we usually engage the change process in a far more kind of violent, vitriolic way where we're doing things out of guilt and shame and comparison. And we're going to trace through some of that in a little bit here. But if we expect to be healthy, if we expect to heal, if we expect to love ourselves well, if we expect to be loved well, self-acceptance is a key part of that. If we reject self, it becomes really difficult for people to show up in that space with us and love us well. They can do it, but it takes a really, really strong person, a person really committed to helping you be okay, to endure some of the volatility that comes with self-rejection. 
Self-rejection, it's nefarious. It permeates so many relationship pieces for us. When we are in self-rejection, we're often engaging in comparative thinking. Often there's victimhood running. There's often jealousy showing up. Often there's anger showing up. Acceptance of what is, is going to be key. So one of my favorite mentors, he uses the verbiage brutal acceptance. And he's probably shared this with me on the broad side of 150, 200 times over the last six months. Staff, the key is brutal acceptance. Brutal acceptance, brutal acceptance. And so as I've gone through some pretty difficult stuff, I've had to show up in the moment, accept the brutality of it, accept my weaknesses and my deficits, also accept my strengths, and kind of recalibrate again and again to what is. Because the reality is our good parts make us who we are. Our temperamental parts also make us who we are. Our broken parts make us who we are. The wounded parts make us who we are. We have to accept all facets of it if we expect to show up and be okay. If we expect to show up authentically in relationships, we have to be cognizant of the many different pieces of us. And so one of the things too, the same friend, um, I remember about six months ago, and maybe I had anecdotally shared this before, um, but we were having a conversation and he said to me, he said, Steph, you're a strong woman. And I remember kind of recoiling and that felt like such an accusation. And I was like, whoa, is that how I'm perceived? That's That feels uncomfortable for me because I come from a culture where that's not the posture that women traditionally take. But the reality is through my life experiences, through my formal education, through my emphasis on growing in communication, through my assertiveness, I am in fact a strong woman. And so when he had said that six or seven months ago, it kind of landed and I had to process through it. But what was interesting is about two months ago when we were talking, he actually revised his word choice and he said, Steph, you're a violent woman, which uh, frankly, when we compare strong and violent, those are different degrees, right? Violence just really, for me, conjures up an intensity that might be really untenable or uncomfortable for people. But when he said it, I was able to say like, oh, I am a violent woman. I understand myself to be so intense and show up not only in a strong way, but almost with a violent energy when I feel passionately about something, when I feel convicted about something, and I'm okay with that. And it's true because that's accurate. When I understand that that particular adage or that particular adjective rather is accurate about myself and I accept it, I can now move into spaces more aware of the intensity I bring and I can calibrate based on what I want to put forward. I also better understand my responsibility to harness my intensity well. So because I'm a violent woman, because I go zero to a hundred on things that I love and things that I enjoy and things that I'm passionate about, I need to make sure that I only pick several to pursue because my incapability to pull back or to be slow paced with something or to be somewhat mild, that's not my speed. I can't do that. So I have to be very aware of how I show up places and I have to choose the places I show up that way in a pretty intentional way. There are also going to be communities that I serve where me showing up violently isn't appropriate for them. So then I have to decide, do I still show up there? Do 
I withhold parts of myself there. And that's an interesting discussion where I have to kind of self-talk and and grow through my understanding of, do I show up as my authentic self? Do I show up as a filtered self? Is this just for a season? There's a lot to navigate there. But the self-rejection piece isn't a part of the story anymore because brutal acceptance of what is is going to be a key piece of healing. And it's been a key piece of my healing journey. If I reject my intensity, I disallow the opportunity to cultivate it well, and I cannot place it in directions that will be most aligned with my values. So I have to check in with myself and say, yes, you are an intense woman. You are a violent woman. There are pieces of my story that can explain it, but I have to accept that that's what's going on here. When we talk about self-rejection, there is a process through which we would move. We start with self-rejection, and my goal with clients, and I've mentioned this in past episodes, but my goal with clients is not to go from self-rejection to self-love. It just doesn't work. My goal is to go from self-rejection to self-neutrality. From self-neutrality, we start working towards self-acceptance. After self-acceptance, we start walking towards self-like. After self-like, we start walking towards self-love. And once we are in the place of self-like and self-love, I believe the next step is we reach back and we hold out a hand to someone else sitting in self-rejection and we say, friend, understand the process. You do not have to stay in self-rejection. I think once we transform and once we go through the process of shifting from self-rejection to self-like and self-love, we have to walk with other people through that as well. Because the amount of self-rejection all around us is going to be a key issue in people not being able to heal from their wounds, people who are rejecting parts of their story, and people who accept rejection and abuse from other people. So we have to flip the script, walk towards self-love, and then invite others into that space. One of the things I want to challenge you with is as you're kind of navigating, do I self-reject? What does that look like? I'd ask you to consider how do you show up places? Are there places you show up where you hide pieces of yourself? And if so, why? Now, not everyone deserves access to us. There is zero reason to invite everyone in. And I don't ever want to imply that you're supposed to be an open book for all to read. And frankly, at that point, for all to exploit. That wouldn't be my goal. But are you living a life where no one has access to the good, the bad, and the ugly? Are you living a life where every domain that you show up in, there's a filter running for self-protection? Now, that's not judgment, my friends. I've shown up in that space again and again, and I understand it is self-rejection. It's fear of other people rejecting me, and I fear that because I can't even accept myself. And that's what I want you to wrestle with. Where are you filtering? Why are you filtering? And I would encourage you to start working on things if, in fact, you are filtering. And again, I would say, walk with a clinician. Helping people find their authentic and helping people stop apologizing for showing up for who they are, it's some of the most important work we do. It pushes back against anxiety. If I can show up my authentic self, I have less anxiety running. I have fewer need for OCD rituals if I show up authentically and push back against the fear of being rejected by others. I have a lower prevalence of depression. If I accept things as they are, I accept myself as I am. I accept others for who they are. And we don't sit in the space of rejection. It is an incredible launching point for change. Self-acceptance is going to be key in our stories. Brutal acceptance of who we are is paramount if we expect to be well. 
Self-acceptance says who I am now is a combination of my experiences. It makes sense that I am this person. It also says if I want change, I can do that too, but this is where I'm at right now. And rejecting ourselves for who we are in this moment is betrayal of our future selves. And it's also dishonoring of our past selves. And it's disrespectful of our present selves. We have to work towards self-neutrality, acceptance, like, and love, and then give a hand to others who are struggling. That's going to be it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you found this helpful, please feel free to share it. Feel free to pass it along. You're always welcome to comment like, or email, whatever that looks like. I appreciate any time you spend intersecting with me. Have a good rest of your week.